What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. How do we build elite teams through coaching? Today, to help us run through a soup to nuts approach, I have in our studios, Shanna Goodell, and I'm CT at Engage Rocket. It's a real pleasure to have you listening. Shanna Goodell is the head of global learning and development at Druva, and it's a real pleasure to have her here with us in the studio today. Welcome, Shanna. Thank you for having me on your show. Tell us a little bit more about what you do at Druva. At Druva, I was brought in to build out the global learning and development framework and platform, as well as focus on the talent management and engagement for Druva. We are a global company in offices over in our APAC region, the Americas, as well as EMEA. What is the breakdown of your employee population around the world, just so that everyone has context, because you, you are quite global. Dhruva was founded in our Pune office in India. We have 500, six, five or 600 engineers over in our Pune office. And in our headquarters, Santa Clara, California, we have our sales and marketing team. I think it's close to maybe 140, 150 folks in that office. And then over in EMEA, we're dispersed over in the EMEA region. You've obviously had many years of experience in the industry and you've had to build elite teams across multiple different companies, industries, and so on. How do you go about doing that with a coaching approach? Tell us a little bit more about this approach and what does it mean within a team setting? Yeah, and I think there's been a, a long history of coaching really evolving from one-on-one -on -one coaching to executive coaching, leadership coaching, and there's been a real big evolution around team coaching. I started out my career after graduate school doing organizational development consulting, and really there was a team coaching component to that before it was even identified as team coaching. What I'll say is going back to your question around elite teams is really defining first what is an elite team. From my perspective, an elite team is a team that really drives for results always. Elite team is a team that has high engagement where there is high trust, there's team members who are willing to support each other and also challenge each other in a way that is respectful, but with the positive intent of really reaching that goal and the end result. And the last element of an elite team is that not only is the team thriving, but each individual is thriving as well. And when I enter into a coaching approach, what is the goal of the team? What are they striving for? Individuals have different goals, and that's where individual coaching really lends itself. But when you work with a team, it is what is the common shared goal that this team is striving for, and then coaching around that. I love how you centered this around both the team and the individual thriving. And 
I, I'm maybe more familiar with individual and executive coaching, but what does it actually take to, to coach a team? Each coach is going to do it differently. And the way that I approach a team coaching session is first talking to the leader. What is it that the team goal is? What are they striving for? Doing a little bit of analysis around where does the team have strengths? Where might they be leveraging each other a little bit better? What are some of the team dynamics? And then I'll have some conversations with folks on the team just to build trust, to get to understand the culture of the team. When you're dealing with teams, every team has its own unique identity, right? And has its own unique culture within a larger organization. So as a coach, it's really important to understand the, the workings of the team before you go in. And the second piece is really making you sure that I, as the coach, understands what is it that the goals that they're trying to achieve. Each session that we go into, it, it's focused around a common goal. So for example, there may be a goal where they need to better influence their stakeholders, their customers, maybe it's folks up above or their peers. And what I've done with this one particular group is to understand not only who are they influencing for what purpose, but asking the questions around what are the skills that they need to be able to demonstrate in influencing, and then really driving the dialogue around where do they do it well, where are they seeing successes, and then diving a little bit deeper around where is it hard for the team or for individuals to step in and influence? What are the situations? Who might the individuals be that are more challenging? And then doing that deeper, you can see it goes deeper and deeper into the layers, scaffolding it around getting really to the root cause of what are some of the challenges, then collectively getting the group to come up with strategies and actions for how to overcome those challenges. What I love about team coaching is when you think back 10, 15 years ago before team coaching has really come to the forefront, you would bring in a team such as this and do a training around whether it's influencing skills or presentation skills, or how do you set strategic direction? And that's great. There's a time and place for traditional learning and training to build those skills. Team coaching is customized. So you can take those models, those skills, and bring it to life in discussing the challenges that they face every day. So I think there's room for both of the traditional learning and the team coaching. My experience with team coaching is you're really able to take the skills and concepts from traditional learning and put them into play in real time where you are meeting the team where it's at. Thank you for spelling that out. It sounds like a pretty bespoke and relatively complex process because every team, as you said, is different. And what are some of the common tools that you use um, when approaching a team to start a coaching relationship with them? What are your favorite tools um, for approaching this conversation? My favorite tools are really to get to know each of the individuals in the team before stepping into that coaching engagement. And not only getting to know the, the individual team members, but understanding the business they're in. So if I'm working with a group that's in sales 
or if I'm working with a group in marketing, or even back in my career when I was working at Pacific Gas and Electric, trying to understand that what the business they're in so that I can one, speak the language, but really understand the problem solving that can happen in their business. So it's not just a conceptual skill that we're working with, but it's very relatable and very actionable. So the tool really is getting to know the individuals, getting to know the the business. The other piece is when you are kicking off a, a coaching session, being super clear around here's what team coaching is and here's what it's not. And here's what we need to be successful in this coaching session. For example, there needs to be a high level trust, their confidentiality and a willingness to step into the conversation. I think it was Kevin Cruz who was doing a a podcast around coachability. And there's an element of, is this team or these individuals, do they have the coachability or coach mindset where they're willing to have the tough conversations. They're willing to have that self-awareness and self-reflection around how can I contribute in a different way to help the team achieve its goals. I, I love that you mentioned coachability because is it always the case that when you approach a team for a coaching engagement that they are ready to be coached? I can imagine in my experience, there are going to be many leaders and, and teams who maybe their first response is, I, what, what, why are we doing this? It's such a waste of time. Like, why do we need coaching? And do you find that you only want to coach teams that actively invite you in and, and reject others where actually you might, you may be in a situation where the people and the teams that most need coaching are the ones that reject it yeah. first? How do you balance that, particularly within an organizational context? As OD practitioners, we don't, often get the team that is the the easy team where they're super gung-ho and they both have their challenges and they're both great to work with. So with teams that may not be open to coaching or teams that are struggling, there may be teams that are having some aspects of challenges with the team culture, respect, or trust. These are great teams to be doing team coaching with. And going back to the fundamental piece is building that trust with each individual, understanding what is important to each individual. We're all coming to work every day and we want to do a good job. What is important to each individual? I've definitely encountered some challenging coaching sessions where there's maybe one or two individuals that they're not wanting to engage or may not have that open or growth mindset. And that's part of the system, right? That's part of what this team is dealing with. So you do have to address it, whether it's head on or on the side. There's many different ways that you can do that. When I approach a team coaching, it's really with the systems mindset that there's many different relationships that are happening. There's different dynamics that are happening. There's different power differentials, different experiences. Everybody comes to their role with different life experiences, which in turn, we show up in different ways when there's conflict or when things are going well. It really requires you to look at 
everything. Wow, it's been a great conversation so far. Make sure you join the HR Impact community where we gather a community of HR leaders just like you. This is a space where top people leaders share actionable insights and practical playbooks. Sign up today as a member for the community. Get updates on the latest HR resources and exclusive event invites. You can join the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR impact. And now back to the show. Let's take this team, for example, say if we have a, say a marketing team with a good seven, eight folks on the team involved in different work streams, and they have had challenges around working together to perform well. So you have maybe half the team that are high performers and then the others okay average performance but not not terrible and their main problem has been communication flows when you first approach a team do you structure out something like a three-month program with them or is everything very bespoke how do you go about approaching this this is where the art and science of coaching and organizational development comes into play. There is a science in terms of engaging with what we call the client group, getting clear on what is it that we want to achieve at the end of this engagement. And I generally do recommend working with teams for many months because you can't just, we know that having one session doesn't change behavior or mindset, that it requires multiple conversations, multiple actions being taken, and opportunities for people to try out what we've talked about and then come back and have a conversation around, great, these were successful, but these other actions that we tried to take or or behaviors didn't really work. A good example is I was brought in to work with the team and it wasn't from the leader. It was from another individual in the organization. So again, not the client asking for support. This specific leader was very open. They were already a high performing team. However, there was room for them to even raise the bar and also to have higher engagement on the team. I worked with this leader and this team for six months. We were very crystal clear in the beginning around, here's the things that we want to address and built out a plan for there. We met monthly. There was a topic around that. And we did alternate between developing skills with what I would say more traditional learning and then infused it with coaching throughout. So that's really where the art and science of it comes into play. It, it sounds like there's quite a bespoke type of approach and a high level of emotional intelligence that this coach needs to bring to the conversation. Now you're working in an organization that is cross-border, cross-time zone with a lot of remote interactions. How have you found the coaching interactions like in that kind of situation? Do you find that it's a lot harder, easier? Do people even want to be coached over video call? How how does that work? It's interesting with Zoom and other platforms. I have not seen any resistance or pushback to do coaching over those different platforms. To me, I see it as it has a broader reach for coaching individuals and coaching teams. For example, at a previous organization, we did a a senior level program 
where we brought them together. We had some learning, there's coaching on the side. And had we required everybody to be there in person, A, we would not have been able to meet as often because of the cost. And B, I think that the time commitment would have been a challenge for folks to fly in. So when you're able to do coaching, whether it be individual or team coaching, leveraging the platforms that we have, we are really able to have a broader reach. We're able to meet more often, which allows the the learning to be fresh and the opportunity to practice and apply and then come back and talk about it. I'd imagine uh, through this process, the team individuals, they're going to build a certain amount of accountability with each other and have certain degrees of commitment towards that coaching relationship. Have you found it difficult to hold them accountable to these commitments, especially if in many cases, I can imagine the business leaders are going to be saying, I've got a business to run, all this stuff which is nice and warm and fuzzy, sound great, but I'm sorry, I've got a business to run. Can we push this back another couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. or can we push back a couple of months? What I do encounter is that when you are in an organization where the customer is first, it, it can be a challenge where customer escalations come up and people have to opt out of the conversation. What is important is that the coaching sessions are valuable enough where people will do their best not to miss it, that people will do their best to follow up if they miss the session. And from the leader perspective, it is the leader is involved in those coaching sessions. So it's not just the leader is off and and we're doing the coaching session with just the team, the leader is involved. And that's a key component to the success is that the leader supports it as a sponsor and is actively involved where they're seeing the leader roll their sleeves up, dive in, engage in the conversation, expose their vulnerabilities around what are the challenges. If you're advising another head of learning and development on how to build this capability from scratch or to take what they have today, take that to the next level around team coaching, how would you advise them? The advice that I would give is to focus on the grassroots efforts. And what I mean by that is find the team that is eager and willing and ready to jump in for team coaching. Work hard to achieve what the goals of that team coaching is. And then that is contagious, that catches on. So when another team hears that they have been going through team coaching and the positive feedback around, not only are they achieving their goals, but the engagement is higher. It's a team that everybody wants to work with and work on that. It is the excitement. There's the pull versus the push. And oftentimes you can see, and I think we've all been in the organizations where we're trying to push the programs and push the services that we offer because we know they're going to help. And what happens is maybe people don't show up. There's not a lot of engagement, but if you find that team that really wants it and is eager It just takes one or two teams for it to take off. So really good advice. So find those bright spots, those teams that want to lean into the success and then get them that success before spreading this. And it should go a little bit more organically 
from there where other teams want to achieve similar success and then come to you for that. Thank you for sharing that, Shanna. And uh, that's pretty much all the time we've got for today. But if people wanted to find you to continue this conversation, what's the best way for them to do? They can connect with me on LinkedIn, Shanna Goodell. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, Shanna. It's been a real pleasure. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. Please do make sure you give us a review and tune in next time to the HR Impact show where we have more actionable insights from top HR leaders for you. It's been a pleasure. My name is CT. I'm co-founder of Engage Rocket. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.